Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching. We are excited to talk with our good friend and OG brand exer, Tony Randall. We were lucky to meet when our oldest kids were in kindergarten together back in Ramona, California. Tony has kept Jeff and I laughing for almost three decades. I do my best to keep up, but the man is simply brilliant as an entertainer. He is best known for his work on the Tony and Chris show and began his 31-year career on the air with his partner, Chris, spending nearly 16 fun-packed years on KSON in San Diego, where we met way back in the 90s. They then moved on to Nashville for eight years in syndication and then on to WIVK in Knoxville for five years. They are now on to greener pastures and new challenges, and we are so lucky to spend some time talking with Tony today, covering a little training history, a little music, and some very good works for kids. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the Youth Fitness Podcast, and we are really happy to welcome <laughs> Our friend and man, an amazing human being and talent, Tony Randall. Well, I, I appreciate those lies. I, I am a friend. That, that <laughs> you got that one right. I don't know about the rest of it, but thank you very much. It's great to be here again. We'll be introducing the the, the applause, the canned applause. Yeah, the canned applause. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an old mash episode. Ah. So, Tony, let's start with tell us what you you've been up to lately. I know you've, you've done so many different things. So we'd love to kind of catch up and hear where you're at right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, big life change. So my business partner, I, Chris, we've been Tony and Chris for 31 years and we have outlasted uh, his first marriage, my first marriage. We've outlasted a lot of tough times in the world. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we're having a great time, but in the, the last few years, we've had a pretty, uh, I guess I would say the most toxic work experience we probably had in radio and got out of that situation. And then as we reassessed what we wanted to do and thought about, you know, what, what are we doing moving forward? Because we feel like we still have you know a lot to say and we hopefully a lot to do and accomplish. How do we want to do it? And for us, it, it just, it doesn't look like it's radio. We just, I, we're not saying radio is dead because it by no means is it, or I don't believe it will ever be because people will always want that. But what's happening now is digital. People want to, they want podcasts, as you obviously know, you're doing podcasts. They want, you know, uh -huh. video podcasts. They want shows that are on the internet. They want to go to YouTube. They want to go to TikTok. They want to go to Twitch. And what's ironic and funny about this is my youngest daughter, of course, who you know very well, Meredith, has had huge success already. So I, I've been kind of picking her brain about doing this because she has some great ideas. And so we started a YouTube channel uh, just about, I don't know, a month and a half ago, maybe. We had done a few, like there's older ones on YouTube that we can't get rid of because we don't have those emails anymore. So they just float around out there in space. 
But we've got this new Tony and Chris channel and we're coming up on 800 subscribers already and we're producing some long form content and we're going to add some short form stuff. We're going to do just really just kind of letting ourselves be our boss because when we have been the happiest in our career is when we didn't have somebody over our shoulder. And I'm not trying to say we know everything, but somebody over our shoulder who didn't know as much as us trying to tell us what we should be doing. And we're pretty sick of that. And yeah, I think probably everybody can feel in touch with that. So that's where we are. We're, we're our own bosses again, and we're, we're launching this new thing. It's it's a little scary because, you know, you also have to monetize it somehow, which we have not done yet. So my wife's a little, hey, when are you going to get some money? Uh, but, you yeah, know, but we're building it. So we're excited. Very cool. We've seen a little bit, you know, both of us have to be on social media business-wise. But as you mentioned, toxicity before, social media tends <laughs> Tends to be that way, and so we try and stay off it, other than where we have to be. But I have seen little bits and pieces of your sort of transition to YouTube, and it's good. It looks awesome, and we appreciate the being your own boss and not having someone else give you direction or perhaps have different goals than you have. So very cool. Yeah, it's it's exciting. You know, like again, there's it's a huge learning curve. Uh, I love that I'm Generation X because. I'm somebody who can learn technology. I, I will learn technology, but I'm going to complain about it the whole time. That's kind of our thing. You know, we can do it all, but we just don't want to, we don't want to. So <laughs> that's awesome because I'm in the generation before, right? And so, yeah. no, I mean, just you. That, yeah. It is just me. There's a line like right, right at my birthday. And then it's you, called you, kindness. That's the line. <laughs> so we have some history, don't we, Tony? We have known each other a very long time. We call that shenanigans or shenanigans at Brand X in the early days of Brand X. <laughs> I know yes. you were so looking forward to this because. <laughs> <laughs> yes, shenanigans. Look up shenanigans in your dictionary and there's a picture of me next to it going, why? What is happening? Why, is this, why are we doing this? <laughs> why is this good for me? I recognize that just thinking this through, thinking about our conversation, thinking, why was, why did. Jeff have Tony do so many weird things, and why was he so mean? <laughs> mean. It wasn't mean. No, it was. It was all out of love. It was all. It, it was all fun and games and love. That's all. And I realized that it's. It was kind of like the novelty that he uses with teams, because to really engage teams, you have to mess with them a little bit. It's their way. It's their how they communicate, right? So he was so used to that. I think. He just—I don't know—he saw you coming and said, "I'm going to treat there's, you like a there's, there's, there's a much more simple or a more direct <laughs> answer to this. So, it. so you know, for the people who are just joining us and some of the people who have followed Brand X forever, Tony was one of the original crew. Tony was—I'll uh, I'll just start with that. When I when I Tony called me up after I originally found CrossFit maybe back in 2003, he called me up and said, "Hey, uh, you know, I want to get back in shape and and you know, come in." So. Tony came in and you know, I put him through the first CrossFit workout. I think it was my first adult client trying this. It was the first adult who would try it. <laughs> I'm the only one stupid enough to say yes. Well, no, because seriously, I would do the workouts in the gym. And you know, we had this huge martial arts gym and, and these, these young men wanted to be in shape and wanted to fight. And, and so I brought CrossFit in there and, and so summer of 2003 and they look at me and go like, you know, do you know what you look like when you're done? That's not good for you. I'm not, we're not doing that, but Tony do it. And, <laughs> and I again, remember, too stupid to say no. He came in, we did, we did this little modified workout where you did like five pull-ups on a machine, 10 push-ups, and 15 squats. I think we only went like 10 or 10 or 12 minutes on this. 
And he just went, I remember, you know, this is what we're going to do. And he goes, okay, as fast as I can. Uh-huh. And he went as fast as he can. And then I remember he came two days later for his second appointment. And I remember seeing him at the gym. And I said, we pull up in his car. The door swings open. And I see him reach and grab his leg. And he pulls his leg. And he put it outside. On, and then he grabbed the other leg. And he pulled it. <laughs> then he grabbed a hold of the door frame. And he pulled himself to a standing position. And he kind of wavered in the wind there for a little bit. And then he kind of walks stiff-legged to the door. And I'm thinking like, oh, God, what are, what are we going to do today? Certainly not squats. And, <laughs> and, but I said all that because Tony was there at the beginning of Brand X. And one of the things we always did was we kind of had this core group of people who tested, tried, and 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 were you know, test dummies for <laughs> whatever we were going to roll out. And like we would do something and we'd go like, that's a bad idea. That's never going to see the light of day in class. But Tony would be one of those guys who like, hey, Tony, let's try this. And he would try it. And we would say, we're sorry. But that <laughs> as I drove away in the ambulance. Okay, right. we'll see you later. Right. We won't do that I'm, again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry that happened to you, Tony. I'm pretty sure it was Sven's fault or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. That was as he's speaking. I can see right past him. There's a great photo on the wall here of you, Sven, and Jeff on a St. Patrick's Day wearing kilts. Yeah. And, and you're all it's, laughing. It's, and it's probably about some horrific thing that you've test, tested together. But and so we had this group. <laughs> You know, eventually we had this group in the afternoons that came in and there were, you know, late mid afternoons, 1 30 to 2 30, and, and, you know, Tony was part of this group and he would come in and we would work with him. And it was about equally about having fun and doing stuff that was novel and getting in shape. So, so there was the, the element of like, this is true fitness, but there was also a, a, a sense of novelty and of, and of, fun and camaraderie that that we kind of lifted out of that is like look this keeps people coming back this keeps people people interested in what we're doing um uh, this this seemed to benefit tony and not send him away and something so let's try it with with the teens that kind of thing and there, you know, a lot of a lot of you know for me it was a lot of fun for tony it was a lot of work um, <laughs> no, it was still fun it was still fun and i have to say you know on top of all that and, and gosh we could tell a hundred stories about the things you did to me, but there's also a word that you, that I didn't hear in that, although that was all accurate, but trust, you built trust. I trusted you. Uh, I knew that you were going to do these things. I knew that sometimes they were going to be horrible. I knew that I might walk away going, I don't know why I do this, you know, but I always came back because I trusted you. I knew that you were doing what was best for me. You had my fitness in mind. You had my well being in mind. And so, yeah, on top of the fun, it also, you made it very clear that you knew what you were doing. And even though this seemed pretty horrible, yeah, we had a lot of laughs, but I always came back because I knew that you had my fitness and my best interest at heart. So that's important too. I, I think it's interesting because that is a, a key element. You know, what I learned, you know, I, there, it was very fluid in the, in the early days, this, this learning back and forth between working with the teens and working with the adults. And I mean, there were some really incredible things that, that came out of us, you know, this stumbling to the gym the second day. And because I remember, it, you know, workouts, you know, three or four years later where you were doing, you know, uh, 40 inch box jumps, things that nobody, nobody even thinks about today, right? 40 inch box jumps as part of the workout. Look, we're going to do five rounds. We're going to do this. You're going to do 10 box jumps in between, and they're going to be 40 inches. And you have, uh, you know, a guy in his thirties, just cranking them out, you know, over and over again. And, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, 
significant if you think about where you started and where you came where you came to. And then we kind of took some of those ideas and we started using them with the kids in the team class. And you know, we have we had kids who were literally all of our kids could could box jump, you know, 45 inches. And we had kids who were box jumping, you know, in you know 50 inches. And we had kids who left the gym and went and, and won the state high jump championships, you know, jump seven feet. But they all, this learning process, this flow back and forth between the two things was was really important. One of them was, one of the things that we learned was, and the, that thing about trust, because uh, tell you with funny, I think, I remember, I remember this funny story. I don't know, why am I talking so much? But I'm going to tell you the funny I'm going to relate it to the, uh, to the kids in a second. But speaking of trust, so Tony told me at one point we were, he would never be able to do a workout that had 95 pound thrusters in it. And I said, yes, you're, you're way strong enough to do that. And he said, no, I, I can't. And I said, sure you can. So I said, well, we're going to do a workout with some light thrusters in it. And I put a bar together and I put a bunch of bunch of mismatched metal weights on it and sent him out and said, the workout's going to be, you know, run 400 meters, come back in and do, do you know, three or five thrusters or something like that. And every time he would go out the, out the door, I would take off two and a half pounds and put five, five pounds on. And I built the thing up to 115 pounds over the course of like I think 20 minutes of this this AMRAP. And Tony comes back in and he's like, I don't know why this keeps getting so heavy. And he started with 115 pounds. And I said to him, you just did thrusters with 115 pounds in the middle of a workout, at the end of a workout. And uh, you know, that kind of thing that, you know, well, I'm just coming in, I'm trusting you. And then, you know, you make this significant gain or significant jump because of that is, is important. And I, and I, remembered something about it or learned something from that and I, I fast forward to I think it was 2010 and one of our kids was uh, lifting in a, in a powerlifting meet and I told him his last lift I told him go ahead put a it was 30 pounds or 40 pounds heavier than he'd ever lifted before I said you're gonna lift it it'll be just fine and he walked over to the bar deadlifted it lifted it it came right up off the ground stood up with it set the state record that state record still stands I think almost a decade long Wow. old kid and uh, put the bar down and all the kids go go nuts and say what how did you do that that was you know 40 pounds more than you ever lifted before and he go well coach told me i could so i knew i could and those kind of lessons that kind of went back and forth and, and then there, there was also the, and then coach tricked me into it well, i was gonna say you know we you made you made yourself sound pretty good there jeff but i, I also want to throw in here on that trust factor you know <laughs> as, as as you tell the story of well i lied to tony basically to get him to do this i'm not sure how this all goes together, but no, but that wasn't, I mean, I do remember that. And it was, I do remember those exact feelings and that word of going, God, this shouldn't be this heavy. Why is it so heavy? But I had gone so far beyond what I had done before because you just set it up that way. And I think that gets certainly with adults, probably more with adults than kids because kids will try anything, but with adults, our brains get in the way sometimes, you know, we, we tell ourselves, well, I can't do this. And you were great about not letting me get away with that. Well, I can't do this. Yes, you can. And I'm going to prove it to you in a very sneaky, uh, behind-the-scenes kind of way. And it worked. So, you know. Well, I would just say that, that you know, you, you can use trust like I did. I used your trust up to the point where I had to break that. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you did what you had to do to make it better for me. And I, I appreciate that. I understand that, you, I understand you never trusted me again. But <laughs> up to that point, you were going really, really well. I did waste a lot of time during AMRAPs checking the bar every time I came back from outside. No, no, no absolutely, absolutely. From then on, you did. Uh, yes. The the, uh, the shenanigans part of that whole thing was was really, uh, 
I think, interesting, you know, just having this group of guys at this point who, who are like, I wonder if we can do that. Well, let's try that. And we tried, you know, there's so many things we tried. That, that I remember Mickey walking in the door several times, walking in, taking a look at what we were doing, and turned around and walked right back out the door like this. <laughs> Nope, don't even want to be a part of this. <laughs> I don't want to accidentally get roped into anything here. Let me get out of here pretty quick. Right. <laughs> I mean, I would drive to the gym on those afternoons thinking in my head, what's it going to be? You know, what's going to happen? Because, you know, we, we kept, I kept a journal. I still have that handwritten journal to this day of all those workouts. So I can see, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing something that's outside or if, if I, because I have some of the equipment here and I'll go, I'm going to go back and do, and I'll just find something. And do it. And, I, you know, so I would find myself driving to the gym going, what's it going to be? And, and if I knew it would be, it was never going to be easy. But if, if I walked in and you and Sven were like bent over the bar, you're, you know, you're laying on the ground flat on your backs. I knew I'm in big trouble because whatever's about to happen just happened to them and they're going to make me do it. And it was always just like, oh, God, <laughs> but it was a blast. Do you, do you have those colorful names that you made for them scrolled in to your notes? I've got a lot of notes written in there. There's definitely some personal things. I, I, I made some attacks. You know, I, I'm not proud of it, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's nice to flip through the book every once in a while and go, "Oh, I remember that day." We, I remember the one workout we had. We uh, with the name, the one name. It was a, it was it was ten kettlebell swings, ten pull-ups, run to the end of the building, back about 100, 150 meters, back up and back, AMRAP in 20 minutes. And I remember you stopped. Okay put your hands on your knees at the end of it. And he said, I don't know how something can suck and blow at the same time. So <laughs> for that workout. And it was so bad that at one point we were doing a CPR class in at Brand X <laughs> and we had, and I, and I was outside it's and awesome. I decided I was going to do that workout and I'm doing the workout. And about 12 minutes in the instructor, the CPR instructor turns to the, to all my trainers looks at them and says, should he look at like that? Should we be, should we be concerned? Should that, is, that, is he okay? <laughs> and I remember Dan Strom is just looking over his shoulder going, like, yeah, yeah, it's like that old. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's, he's, don't worry he's, about him. Don't worry. He's fine. It's a, how ironic that a CPR instructor might be there as you're doing that workout. I often felt I was going to need somebody like that at the end of these things. <laughs> yeah. Always fun. Hurt. You were the catalyst for the first defibrillator that we got. Yes, that was right. <laughs> We need this in the afternoons. Yeah, yeah, this could be handy. We should do this. Well, you know, I love that. I love that we did what we did. I love that it became something that you turned into guiding to youth uh, because you're right. I mean, those things we did, it's it's how you connect with kids. It's how you get kids to do these things. I mean, we've all raised kids and sometimes it's challenging. You know, to get them to do what you want, and especially in this situation. But you know, the good news is they show up at your door, so that's the first step right there. You got them in there, and you guys just do a great job of, of getting these youngsters. These youngsters, well, I'm sound like I'm 90 years old. These youngsters today, no, but you get these kids, you know, doing what you want them to do, and and bettering themselves and becoming incredible athletes. It's really something. Thank you. I I can't believe we didn't. But yes, thank you. I can't believe we never thought to ask you, given your expertise in the music world how do we make use of music with what we're doing because we're always searching for what are the best things we can do in every area for kids mm -hmm. always expanding you know what's that what are these new ideas and as you know testing things right yeah. so um we've done very little i mean for the with the little kids we've worked a little bit with rhythm just because it's part of the big nebulous physical literacy idea and then some 
you know, move to the beat, lift to the beat or something. Silly, really. When when I when I realize how much positivity come can come out of music and that we never have incorporated that in any way. And so I thought we should chat with you and see what kinds of things either just because you're so involved in that industry that you've heard of or know about or that people who might be interested could make use of within this context. Yeah. Well, the, the first thing I would say, I mean, probably the biggest mistake you made with music was letting Jeff make playlists. <laughs> you, don't think, you don't think Johnny Cash is appropriate? Work I, music. I love Johnny Cash. I love Hank Jr. I love all those artists, but it, it's not super inspiring when I'm trying to get you know 100 pounds over my head. Uh, <laughs> Four beats a minute. Yes. Well, you can always tell, like, I could walk in and know either who was, if Jeff's playlist was on or if Connor's playlist was on. Because if Connor's playlist was on, I was hearing Tool and Metallica and all these things, you know. No, music, I mean, I, I think rhythm in general, for me as an adult, most of the workouts I do, I'm listening to music and I want something that energizes me. I want something that inspires me. And that's different for everybody. And that's what's so crazy and beautiful about music, you know. Yeah. Jeff would throw on, you know, that music that he loved and, and that, that worked for him. That got him going, you know. For me, there's there, there there's some old punk rock songs. Like if I hear an Iggy Pop song, there's certain ones that just I work harder. I can feel it. I, it's, it just energizes me. And anything, I mean, I hate running. I think we've all talked about this at length. We don't love it, but you know, you do it sometimes. I'm mostly a cyclist now. I love to ride. I either ride outdoors or I ride the Peloton, or you know, that just it works for me. It's easier on my joints as I get older. But even if it's not a rhythm-based class, I always find myself riding to the rhythm. Rhythm plays such a huge part of what we do. So you know. I don't have personal experience, obviously, you know, doing what you do with music, but, but yeah, I mean, I would certainly say that finding music and with young people that, that they love, that gets them excited just in general, if there's a song that puts people on the dance floor, that's probably a great song to work out to because, you know, they're already, it's already in their head to go, oh man, I love this song. So they're immediately pumped. Their brain gets kicked into that mode. Their heart gets kicked into that mode. You know, so I, I don't know exactly which songs to pick. And it's it's harder these days to find it because there's so many people out there putting out great music and you have to catch them early, Spotify, YouTube, Pandora, wherever you're going. But uh, I, I, I don't have an expert opinion on it, but that's just what how I how it works for me. I think you are an expert opinion on it. I've heard a few people saying they'll ask the kids you know, or tell the kids, Hey, as some kind of reward, you get to use your playlist, but then they have to obviously also check it and make sure it's appropriate for probably works better for the 10 and unders than me. (laughs) They don't necessarily have a device that they're bringing with them. Right. Um, We did have one trainer who shall remain unnamed and it was not Jeff. This may surprise you who played dirges. And I would come in, what are you thinking? I'm walking in and there's a class of people and there's literally a dirge on. And, <laughs> and I started looking for articles on music and motivation. And they were saying it was like, it had to be 141 beats a minute. So I started telling everybody at meetings, it's gotta be 141 beats a minute. It didn't have no effect. He had a dirge playlist. He'd have that thing on. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think again, it's, it's challenging because in a class of people, be it kids or adults, you know, if you have 20 people in there, you're probably going to get 20 different opinions on what the best song is to get them fired up. So, sure. you know, in my experience, you know, mixing that up uh, because everybody, almost everybody will, will even, they'll even sit through one bad song in the hopes that the next <laughs> song is better. 
So if they're moving and doing something, you, they're going to get through it. So, you know, if you can find a way, like for me, it's like making a great mixtape back in the day. You know, you wanted to make it perfect. You want to, you got to start off with a banger, then you got to take it up a notch and then you want to come back to this, but, you know, mixing up the genres, mixing up the types of music, but keeping them all in that world of beats and rhythm and excitement, uh, then I think you get people you know, more people on the same page more often. Yeah, we had uh, for sure. trouble like with uh, with the team class, our team class. You know, I guys want to play some play some music, and the arguments that would go on between the, between the kids about what they wanted to hear was was problematic. I mean, I mean, I remember nine times out of ten going like, "Okay, no music. We're just going to go outside and work because <laughs> because it would they you know kids would start to pout like they're they're teenagers, so you know like hey, yeah. it's not." Yeah, you almost have to. So you almost have to just. I don't think giving them the option was in the teen years was a was a great deal. It was like, turn this on, let it go. Yeah, if you wanted to do something like that, and this is just an off the top of my head idea, and it may be a stupid idea, but you can almost you know how we used to days that we would play and we would play you know dodgeball or whatever. I don't know if you get you're even allowed to do that anymore, but we would do those things when if you got hit, you had to jump out and do pushups or whatever. But but play some kind of game where kids by reaching certain goals get to help build the playlist. So if, when you reach this number of pull-ups or this number, then you're going to get to pick a song for the next you know, workout or whatever, and let these guys work together and work harder to get the opportunity to put something into the, into the pot for the playlist. I love that. Build the playlist. That's the next yeah. one. What do you know about uh, music police and people using music and, and having to pay? I can't think of the name of the organization. There's an organization that comes into gyms and says, you have to pay us. Oh, like ASCAP or BMI, yeah. or the, the licensing. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I never had to deal with that directly. It was always handled by someone smarter than me up, up the, up the chain. And I know that, you know, I, I know that everybody has to pay something, but I don't know how it works. I've never thought about how it works in a, just a gym setting like that. I mean, you're not broadcasting. You're, this is something that where people yeah, are coming in. Been, they, they hit the gyms up pretty hard for it. So like you're playing, really? they'll say, they'll say, you owe ASCAP for, you know, for playing the, you know, playing mm. music. Yeah, it's, it's some pretty interesting stuff. And we hear it's, it sort of comes in waves that they they go after gems. Interesting. I've, I've had yeah. no idea that that even occurred. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's already, it's such a bummer for the songwriters, you know, mm. because streaming is wonderful for us as consumers. And I mean, I use it every day. But the what they pay artists and, and songwriters is a crime. Most of them. There are some companies that pay a fair price, but most of them, I mean, they're just not making any money. And so I get why maybe this has started being policed a little more to try to make sure that these artists are being paid for their work, but uh, never, I never even considered that a gym like that would be a place where that would happen. Yeah. it's kind of crazy. Yeah. The, you know, any of the, any of the streaming services, you know, if you use them, Pandora, uh, Spotify, any of those things, they'll, you, you can get a letter. A lot of it happens because somebody puts a video up on, on YouTube. It's got the music playing in the background and they go, what happens like what happens if like the old school days of like if you just made a you made a playlist of your own that you just played it like if you have a if you have a disc a disc (laughs) yeah whatever it takes we're just trying to get around the law here people i'm just trying to throw out some no (laughs) (laughs) just trying not to pay it's still it's they still get get hit wow interesting any use of the artist's music which you know as you said they're not getting paid enough 
I, I get it. It's just, it's so, it's hard to police. And it's, and. Well, yeah. I mean, what's the difference between, again, I don't mean to get off on a whole rant here, but like if I had 20 people over to my house and we were all listening to Pandora, nobody's going to come break down the door and say, Hey, you're not allowed to all listen to this. I mean, I already paid the subscription fee. So if they did it every, if you did it every day, they might. Well, I'm going to try that. If I had any friends, I would invite them over every day for a week and see how that worked. You guys live too far away. Play, play, play really loud. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we don't know that's by design. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I, that's, he stormed out of the gym one day. I said, that's it. I'm moving across. 2008, I moved as far away as I could without getting in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, we would be remiss if we did not ask you about your work with St. Jude's because that's always been it's something I know you've done for a very long time. And man, that hits my heart just to even say the words because it's such an amazing organization for what they do for kids. Yeah, it, it truly is. What's crazy is that it's an organization I didn't even know existed. Uh, we moved to San Diego in 1993. And that was very shortly after they had even started the concept of, of the Country Cares Radiothon, where country music stations around the country would do these radiothons to, to raise money for St. Jude. So Chris and I moved to San Diego in the summer of 93. The following January, I think, was our first visit to the hospital in Memphis. And I had never seen anything like it. And it obviously, as I think it would with anyone, it had a huge effect on me emotionally and, and uh, mentally at, at that time. I only had one child. She was about two years old. And to walk into that place where all these children are being treated for these horrible catastrophic diseases and knowing you have a child at home who's healthy, you 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 have all these feelings. It's like, I'm guilty that my child's healthy and I'm so sad that these kids are sick. But I've never been to a hospital where I saw so many sick people smiling. It's it's incredible. It's not like a hospital. I mean, obviously it is and they, they have all that, but they, they do it and they have it decorated in a way that's really fun and bright and all the children's artwork is everywhere. And it doesn't, it just doesn't have that vibe. There are games everywhere. There are kids being pulled around in little red wagons to appointments. It's just, they've done everything they can to make it the best environment possible for these children. And, and that was back in, you know, 93 fast forward to now, the last time I visited the hospital was I think three years ago. And it's unbelievable that they, it's this campus, this gigantic campus of buildings and the crazy thing is it all these places, it's grown in such a way because of people donating to the hospital, but it's grown in such a way that they didn't add more rooms because it's never their intention. They don't want kids to have to be there in the hospital. They want to, kids come there, they find out what's going on, they get a treatment started, and then most of them are sent back to their, wherever they are, to continue that treatment. Uh, so they they have very few patients if you compare it to a regular hospital, uh, which is really something. But you know, I think the, the big key for people that are new to it is that these families don't pay in this day and age in this country where healthcare can be such a scam. There is this place in Memphis, Tennessee, of all places where sick children go. And the first that words out of these people's mouth is don't worry about anything. We're just going to get your kid better. You don't pay anything. And we had a gentleman who brought his daughter in. She was diagnosed when she was very young. She's a teenager now. And they came in uh, to the radio station a few years ago and he brought this big, almost a suitcase size briefcase and so we're doing their interview and we're talking to them about their situation and what they went through. And, and then he said, I want to show you something. And he opened up the briefcase, the big briefcase, and it's jam packed full of papers. And he just started pulling them out and goes, these are all bills. These are all bills we would have had to pay anywhere else. He said, it, it would have broken us. He said, this is, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars. And not one of these bills that I ever have to worry about because St. Jude doesn't charge us for any of this treatment. 
but he had them printed out anyway. So he had a record of what it would have. And it's just unbelievable. So, wow. where, you know, wherever people live, where, wherever they are, if you hear a, a radiothon happening on your, and now it's not just country that rock stations do them too. If you can spare the 19, 20 bucks a month, please do it because it, it makes a huge difference and it allows the hospital to continue to help these children. I mean, they've taken treatment rates and, and cure rates from the late sixties when this got going. I mean, a simple thing, a simple, I say simple, there's no simple thing about cancer, but a, a leukemia that's not necessarily that life-threatening today. Back then, mm -hmm. eight out of 10 kids were dying with that leukemia. And now nine out of 10 kids are living because of the things wow. that they have developed at St. Jude. And they they share that information freely with hospitals everywhere. And there's it's easy to fall in love with, with the staff and, and the whole idea of that hospital. And Chris and I certainly did. I, when we lived in San Diego, uh, before we left there, I think we had personally raised over a million dollars for the hospital. And then we were out of the St. Jude world for a few years when our show was syndicated across the country. And then when we moved to, to East Tennessee, the radio station we worked for actually was a St. Jude station. So it was very exciting for us to get to work with them again. And the last two years, COVID was the it was the first year it happened. They were like, how are we going to do a radiothon? You know, nobody can come in the building. We can't just trying to make this as simple as we can. And so he and I just hosted the whole thing. So we hosted 48 hours of, of radiothon. And the last year we did it, we broke the record for the radio station. We raised more money than they've ever raised for St. Jude. And, and wow. it's easy. To, it's easy to do. We're passionate about it. I mean, as you can hear me go on and on, I mean, and I could continue to do that. I, I love what they do. And, and it's a huge, huge honor to be a part of, of that world. Oh man. Thank you for that contribution because that's just stunning. Yeah, I know. I mean, like who's against saving kids? You know? Yeah, right. I mean, it's, we always you know tell people don't give until it hurts, give until it feels good, and you know that's a, it's the easiest thing to do. Twenty bucks a month for most of us, you know, we we can spare that. And it's funny because my wife, you know, obviously I'm in the trenches. We work for the hospital. We do everything we can for the hospital. And every year, sometime during the radiothon, when she's listening, she's like, "Oh, I got to resign up again." She's crying, and she, uh, so she, you know, she's a partner at Hope separately from what I do. Uh, and then her company, uh, William Sonoma, that she works for, also huge supporters of St. Jude. So we're definitely a St. Jude family. We need to make uh, Brand X contribute to St. Jude somehow. Exactly. You could, you could yeah. easily do workout, do workouts. We used to do events. We used to do golf tournaments and concerts and things like that. You could do some kind of workout event where people could raise money through whatever the workout is. And, you know, That's every true. dollar matters. Through the training center network. Yeah. We've got about, about a hundred brand X programs around the world now. Some Great. are training, some are not branded, but they're brand X programs. That would be huge. We could network. We could give it a show. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I could be here to give you ideas to give you more work to do. That's really, <laughs> yeah. It's fun for me. Probably need more work to do. So, <laughs> so, where's, that, where's that assistant? Yeah. So Tony, tell us where people can find you and Chris, and yeah. we'll obviously put that in the show notes and everything like that, but along with a link to St. Jude, I think would be yeah, a great idea. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're fairly easy. The, our website is simply tonyandchris.com. On Instagram, it's Tony and Chris show, and Chris is spelled with a K, so T-O-N-Y-A-N-D-K-R-I-S show. Uh, on Twitter, we're just Tony and Chris. On Facebook, we're Tony and Chris. And then if you go to YouTube... Search Tony and Chris, T-O-N-Y-K-R-I-S, and just look for the new channel that's got, actually got subscribers. We got a couple old channels floating around out there. Those are dead. So, uh, but we can, I can send you a link to that too. If you don't, if you don't mind linking that, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, we'd love to. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We're on TikTok too. That's still relatively new to me. So uh, TikTok, we're Tony and Chris. Good. Do you dance on TikTok? 
I don't think there's, I don't think there's any dancing on there. There's some old videos of us doing some stupid games on the radio and we're, we're posting some new content. So, Hey, look, we're just happy to have people looking and checking us out. So. That's great. I like the Facebook quizzes. Oh, that's always thinking about ways to interact, you know, and it's funny, like I said earlier, the learning curve, we're have, we've learned so much to be, you know, guys in their fifties now trying to you know, really kind of reinvent what we do. We're learning a lot. And like I said, having my youngest daughter, who's 26 as a kind of a, I can't think of the word. Sounding board. Yeah, sounding board works. Yeah, perfect. But, having her as a sounding board is great because you can say, hey, is, is this a good idea? And she's given us a couple of really fun ideas that we're excited to do. So we'll see what happens. That's awesome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being on with us. And- a pleasure. And talking to you guys is a joy. It's not, uh, it's just catching up with old friends. Same. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, guys. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.